boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. And g'day from JT. Welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds on St. Patrick's Day. So a very warm welcome to all our Irish listeners today, although I suppose everyone's part Irish today for St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Simone. Thank you, John. Yeah, always an exciting day, isn't it? Um, plenty of Irish spirit around. And may the luck of the Irish be with you wherever <laughs> you are placing a bet today. What is on our show this day, Simone? Well, today I'll be talking to Calvin Greeno about his win in the Horsham Cup and also to Michael Floyd about the launching pad heats that were run at Sandown Thursday. We knew Jimmy was going to win a big race, didn't we? He had to. Yeah, and, <laughs> he, uh, he had to. <laughs> well, well done to, uh, to Calvin Greeno. Let's uh, talk about the news of the week. We might as well start with uh, Jimmy winning a Group 2. Well, finally, he's placed in a couple of his place in a group one place in a group two and uh, he was too good in the final wasn't he jumped from box one I know Calvin would have preferred box eight but yeah. um, I think this greyhound's been beginning his last half a, half a dozen starts he's been beginning a lot better and more consistent and uh, and therefore putting himself in, in, uh, in a good a position more. in the race yeah, yeah. so I think uh, a bit experience he likes Horsham track he's been there a number of times so long straight Yes, and I think he was, he like you say, well overdue for a group win. Well done, Kel. Heats of the Easter egg are to be run tonight. Uh, many Victorian Ooh. chasers heading back up the Hume. Uh, I know a couple of greyhounds will be heading there without a trial. Uh, Hecton Bale is one. Uh, a couple of Jeff Britons are going up without a trial. Just the racing programming, it just hasn't allowed for them to get up there. And That's, um, Look, the, 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 the pups that are doing that are pretty experienced, but as, as, as the trainers know and punters know, that first turn at, at Wentworth Park, I think that's the most treacherous turn in greyhound racing with regard to that it can throw the greyhound off balance. It, it certainly can, and also the boxes. There's just something slightly different about mm -hmm. the boxes, but... Uh, Look, you can only do what you can do, and trials were Tuesday night, and I know Jeff Britton was saying the other day that it was just too close. It was too close yeah. to risk a greyhound going up Tuesday to trial, even a post-to-post, -post, and then come back Saturday night. But uh, last year's winner of uh, the Easter Egg Strike Alight will be attempting to make it back-to-back -back wins get by getting through the series. Heat 2 looks fantastic, out of range. Blue Sky Riot and Chasing Crackers all drawn together. Uh, then you've got Extreme Magic, Poke the Bear, Aston DB, Bewildering has been scratched, however, but dogs have to run in the first three to make it through to next week's semis. And just those dogs there, oh, gee. It, that, that is a, uh, one of those, uh, what do they call them in the World Cup, the, uh, the uh, division of death, because there's so many good pups in that particular race. But I think from a training perspective, it is good to have the Easter egg, the traditional three weeks, because that is, that is a, a big effort to keep your dog... Uh, a at a, at a top level to actually get through each of the heats and then to actually lift again for the final. It is. Look, some people prefer the two week series like the Melbourne Cup, but with the three week series, you get that extra chance, don't you? You might mm -hmm. just have had an unlucky third placing, but uh, imagine if Hecton Vale ran third. Uh, you know, it gives him another chance. Mm. Other in other series, he has to win. So it look, it's good to have that diversity in the the series of well, you know. Group ones with always look forward to the Easter egg. What else has we been do. happening? So a clean sweep from Victorians at Richmond last Friday night. The Brett train, Bravo trained hone in took out the forty thousand dollar Richmond Derby and Blue Sky Riot for Anthony as a party took out the Oaks final and uphill jewel ran second again. Again. <laughs> uh, the launching pad heats are on Thursday night at Sandown and we've seen some very talented chases. So this is another three week series, John, the semi finals next week. $150,000 going to the winner on Easter Thursday. Gee, that's good money. 
fantastic. That's great money for pups at that level. I just love the fact that uh, they're not to have had more than six wins mm. and it uh, really evens it out for everyone. You know, if you've got a smart young pup that's only had a few wins, the inexperience um, of some, it levels it out a bit more. It does. Trit Trit recorded a new track record at Shepparton over the 650 metres for Brooke Ennis. The previous record was set almost eight years ago by Nellie Noodle, so the time was 37 and 18, lowered it by about 0.02. But when they've been standing for that long, um, and when you think about the scientifics of the tracks, how they're prepared a little bit differently to eight years ago perhaps, uh, just... You know, the surfaces may be slightly different, all that. And the fact it stood so long, a great effort there by Trit Trit. Smart pup. GRV and Gap have opened the Gap Cafe in Melbourne. Uh, It's a fabulous move to promote greyhounds as pets, of course, but also what how well they adapt to inner city city Mm. living. They don't need acres and acres to run around in every day. So people can bring their other dogs to this gap or this dog-friendly cafe where they can meet greyhounds, meet some that may be up for adoption, get to know the breed whilst having a coffee. So I think it's a fabulous move, seeing as um, everyone's grabbing coffee these days with Mm. their dogs sitting out the front of cafes. Dogachino. Dogachino. Gee, we'd have to have a few of those made at our place. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so Gap founders Melanie Tochner and Anita Smith were guests at the grand opening on Wednesday, along with Martin Pakula and GRV board members. So I think it's a great concept. I agree. Yeah. Uh, very good integration by all concerned. And speaking of Gap, of course, today Sandown are hosting their Greyhound Community Adoption Day and it's a free event, free food, free activities, giveaways. 22 dogs will be up for adoption, and it does celebrate Gap's 22nd year. And just getting bigger and better. Let's hit the phone, Simone, and have a chat to a pretty happy Calgreeno. What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Calvin. Thank you for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning. And uh, it's almost been a week, or has been a week actually, since you took out the Horsham Cup with Jimmy Neewob. Um A terrific effort, considering he'd been knocking on the door for quite some time. Yeah, thanks for that, Simone. It's never easy to win these races and uh, such a high-quality field. You just never know what's going to happen. He came up with box one. Uh, Prior to the race, you did mention to me um, about the box draw that was reconducted <laughs> and he had the bo- box eight originally and um, you would have preferred the eight, but uh, the box one was the, the box that he needed. Yeah, as usual, I'm a bad judge. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just worked the opposite of the way I thought. When, when he raced at Bulleye, all the dogs sort of come down on top of him and he was trying to hold them out and, and pot consequently cost him winning the race, so... When he'd come up with the red again, I thought, oh, the same thing will probably happen. The dogs would be coming across him, but he actually had enough speed to just quite get there on the first corner and hold them out. He had a little bit of pressure, but do you know how much pressure from behind the boxes? Obviously, Jackie handled him, but uh, were Greyhounds coming down on him or he had enough room to move going into that first no, turn? he had... Look, he, it wasn't like Bulleye. He actually had enough room to just keep getting his strides in instead of trying to hold the dogs off. So made a difference. But he does like to go around dogs, and that's why I initially said that. He's been beginning a lot more consistently, probably his half a dozen starts, uh, finding the lead or getting up there a bit quicker. Do you think that's maturity? Are you doing anything at home that may suggest that that's why his box manners have improved? Look, I haven't done any any box manners. Sometimes it's just um, 
you know, you attack a dog and you'll just work on certain injuries or, or whatever to make them begin better. And I think that's more to the key of this dog. It's just little things that uh, sometimes make a difference. But, yeah, he's probably is beginning a little bit better and showing a little bit more early pace. But at the end of the day, it's, um, it's all about keeping the dog as good as you can get him and, and hoping for a bit of luck. Well, he certainly had all the luck. So when he broke clear, were you fairly confident from that point that, um, you know, nothing would run him down? Yeah, I was. I, I was just switched back to Aston DB and thinking that, uh, you know, if there's any dog going to do it, it's him. But he sort of had enough ground on him and probably went away from him in the straight. So it was a good effort by Jimmy. And, you know, Aston DB got held up a little bit through the bend, but probably not a great amount of, amount of uh, length. But, look, it was a, a terrific race. And obviously the people up there on the night were enjoying themselves. Oh, it was a terrific race, and uh, it was the other way around in the Warrigal Cup, wasn't it? Aston DB first, Jimmy Newob second. So it was great to see the tables turn. Yeah, look, it was, and and I think Aston DB was probably going a little bit better than us at that time, and he was just too good for us that night. And, and you know, he's been a sensational dog and done a fantastic job. So it's very hard to beat these side of dogs, and um, and when you do actually win a race against them, it's um, it feels very satisfying. I'm sure it does. He ran second in the Harrison Dawson also in a group one there. So, Cal, maybe um, this is the tides have turned for Jimmy Neewab. He knows what it's like to find the lead and get to the front and win these group races. But he did a lot of travelling up to Bulleye. And I mentioned to you before the heats that, or before the going into the final, that, um, you know, if there's any greyhound that can handle travelling, it is Jimmy Neewab. So he seems to have gone through the Bulleye campaign and the Horsham campaign, which is a long way from your place uh, very well yeah it has look at the, the bull eye trip wasn't wasn't great and i don't think he probably was at his total best because i rent a house there i rented a an air and b house and the dog really didn't settle as good as he should have that that's a pet friendly house you can sort of rent and i think it sort of turned against me in the finish that it was a problem but it was probably my best choice of doing what I needed to do, and, and I don't think the dog settled as good as he should have, as in being in a kennel. It's obviously a lot easier when the dog's at home, but you try these things sometimes, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you always look back and say, well, maybe we can improve in that area. For sure. Now, you've decided to skip the Easter egg. Uh, what are your plans with Jimmy Neewob next? Yeah, look, a little bit undecided at the moment. Um there's an Easter Cup at Sandown coming up in two weeks. We might have a go at that. Look, it's either a choice of Maitland or the Perth Cup. And the dog, I'm not sure whether Perth will suit him. Obviously, Maitland will suit him. But, you know, one race is nearly four times the amount of the other race, prize money-wise. And, yeah. and I guess travelling-wise, um, you know, one's a, a, probably a car trip for about 12 hours and the other one's a plane for four hours. So... It's not an easy decision, and I don't think we've really come up with the right solution yet, but you know, I don't really know which way we'll go. Right. The thing I do like about this dog, Calvin, is his versatility. Put him over the 450s, he's competitive. Put him over the 500s, he's competitive. So although you've got a dilemma, I'm sure whatever way you decide to go, um, you know you've got a greyhound that's capable of either. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great thing about a dog like him, that he's, he is versatile and he has got enough speed to put himself in the picture and, and he's got enough ability to be able to com- be competitive at both levels. So, 
Yeah, look, it's always a hard decision and you just hope you make the right one and hopefully land another group win. Oh, I'm sure you will, Calvin. Congratulations again and two connections. Uh, a terrific effort and a very popular win indeed. Well done. Thanks very much, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Yeah, Cal Greeno talking about last week's uh, Horsham Cup winner, Jimmy Newell. Plenty more group wins, I think, for that pup. But what about fast times, Simone? Your uh, your iPhone would have been absolutely in overdrive this week. There have been some very fast times. So, again, um, I'd be here all day if I was reading them all, John. So I've tried to get a bit of a snapshot. Dinah Nina, a 2245 at Geelong for Andrea Daly over the 400 there. True Talent, a 2989 over the 525 at the Meadows for Shona Thompson. Bonnie Beauty ran a very fast 34 and 10 mm, over the 600 that. at the Meadows for Joe Borg. Uh, I think we mentioned last week the track record's just under 33, so not far off that at all. It's pretty good. Trooper for Karen Leake, a 27-17 at Horsham over the 485. Zoom out, a 24-92 at Shepparton for Michelle Mallia Magri over the 450. Burn Like Fire, it's been mentioned many times throughout the last few months for Ashley Terry, a 1631 at Healesville, up the 300 metres straight there. And up the 350 metres straight for Wayne Vassalo, Bling Dynasty ran at 1909. Chiefs Empire, a 2307 at Horsham over the 410 there for Darren Brown. Mutant at Sale over the 520 there, a 2930 for Debbie Coleman. And Mint Boy at Shepparton, a 2191 over the 390 there for Rod Clark. Um, of course, there were... The, the run by Trit Trit, Jimmy Neewob, um and the runs at Sandown, but there was sort of uh, many in the same, around the same mm. time standard, so I haven't mentioned them all. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. You've got a bit of material to work with uh, here again, Simone. I, I certainly have, John, and all those runs at Sandown, we saw St David, we saw Beast Unleashed, uh, mm. Slingshot Gypsy even, she was amazing the way she just shanghaied out of the boxes, but... The run that's really sort of, uh, I think, sticking in my mind is that track record run at Shepparton for Trit Trit. I I think if a track record has stood for that long, it just shows how hard it has been to break. So I'm giving it to Trit Trit over the 6.50 there at Shep. Well done to Trit Trit and Brooke Innes. All right, we'll take a break here on RSN 927 and Talking Greyhounds. The other side will touch base with uh, Sandown's Mickey Floyd. Love your doggies. The Greyhound leader. RSN 927. Doggy News, from start to finish. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. Welcome back to Talking Greyhounds. I've got Michael Floyd, the media manager from Sandown, joining me now. Good morning, Mick. Good morning, Simone. Gee, a good night of racing at Sandown on Thursday night with heats of the launching pad. The club must have been wrapped with this year's series. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's one of those series that you really know how good it'll be in about six months' time when these dogs have got a bit more experience and a bit more group race uh, um, form around them. But uh, just looking at the way the races went on Thursday night, this is going to be a red-hot series, and uh, the racing showed that. Certainly did. You sold all tickets, too, for entries into the series. So that's uh, 64 tickets at $2,000 each. Uh, That was very pleasing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. The demand at the end of... uh, as we got to close to the selling of them all out, the demand went through the roof. So uh, we could have sold a lot more tickets, but uh, there are only 64 available. As you got in early, you got rewards. And uh, with 410000 in prize money over the three weeks, there's uh, every reason to get involved. So uh, well done to everyone who uh, jumped in early and got a ticket. For sure. 
Now, the thing I like about this series, Michael, is the fact that the greyhounds, it's one to six wins. So it really evens out the greyhounds, doesn't it? Um, oh, it certainly does, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good call um, because it was your formats obviously changed over the years and you've tweaked things. But I just think it's just a good call that you've got more inexperienced chasers against each other rather than, uh, than group dogs that can come in and start racing for that sort of prize money. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, the launching pad uh, has been going for around about twenty years now, and uh, it's always been that uh, that series for the, the inexperienced dogs. When we went to the, the sweepstakes format, uh, we decided to keep it at that uh, that sort of level, so that um, it gives those dogs early in their career an opportunity to uh, to race against other dogs at the same experience level and race for excellent prize money. And uh, we're delighted that the participants from around the country have, uh, have supported the series. A number of innovators not only competed on Thursday night, but they got through to the semi-finals as well. And uh, when you see a, a series like this that has run from every state in the country with uh, people putting up money to enter it from every state in the country, it's a really good sign for the concept of the series. Let's take a look at the semi-finals, which will be run at Sandown on Thursday night. Four of those, so that means that the two first and second do make it through to the final, I believe. That's correct, yep. <clears throat> Yep, so Heat 1, St. David, off the red. I really like this Greyhounds run on Thursday night. Yeah, he's uh, he's a really, really smart dog. Uh, he's got his little quirks, but when he's on, he's a very, very fast Greyhound. He came into the series on a on the back of a hand slip last Wednesday where he broke 23 seconds, which is absolutely low-flying. Only the elite dogs can run that sort of time. And he did that, and from the red box on Thursday, he uh, he showed what he's capable of. He ran 29.39, uh, uh, 29.35, 39.5, I think exactly, but... Uh, he was brilliant, and uh, from the red box, he certainly comes into contention there in the semi-final. And it was his first 500 run in a race start since the 29th, or it was prior to the 29th of December, where he'd had a couple of uh, 450s, I think. So I think this greyhound, if he's injury-free and getting back to his best and, and what he's capable of, I think he'll put in a really good show. But the other greyhound, Dinah Forrest, yeah, big run from him. Strong greyhound, still trying to put it all together, but um, a big run from this youngster. Yeah, absolutely. He's already shown himself capable at this uh, group level. He has drawn a little bit awkwardly in that semi-final coming up with box four, but uh, we know his class. He's a very, very smart dog, as you said, and his win on Thursday was full of merit. So you have to find a little bit in time. He only went 29.86, but we know he's got a little bit of improvement left in him and um, certainly does come into contention. He has won there at Sandown before in a 29.51, obviously an easier type of race than what he will be going into, but uh, not without a chance if he gets some clear running. Now, semi-final number two, Slingshot, Gypsy, gee, she shanghaied out of the, the boxes, didn't she? And she's come up with the red also, ran a 4.94 to the first mark. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real trade of the series. There's a lot of dogs that have that brilliant early speed, 494, that don't go much faster, and uh, it was good enough to hang on. Went 2964 overall, which uh, wasn't one of the faster heats, but when you're out in front like that, you create your own luck. And uh, coming up with a, a very favourable draw as well, it's got box one. If it can begin like it did last week, then it's certainly going to give something to catch. And of course, Beast Unleashed. Uh, hasn't he been a sensation his last three starts at Sandown? He's in semi final two as well, jumps from box six. He's a very, very exciting greyhound. Uh, the connections have targeted his face a long way out. He won a, a maiden up at Grafton or somewhere up in New South Wales very early on and um, tabbed the, the launching pad from that point on. He had a couple of trials leading into into the series. Uh, uh, 
had his first race start on a Sunday, and even though he ran fifth, the amount of trouble he found was, a, a, for mine, it was probably his most impressive run at Sandown of the four he's had. Uh, found a heap of early trouble, found trouble down the back, got clear, looked like making a run, and then found more trouble. But chased all the way to the line. For a young dog, that is a really good sign. He's brilliant early. He has gone 4.94. Um, I think there's so much upside with this dog. He's uh, got a little bit of improvement um, Box six may test him on Thursday night at the semi-final, but uh, it does look like he'll get a little bit of space with Dino Oscar on his inside and Canley Strider on his outer. If he can get that space, he's a very fast dog. It's going to be a mad dash with uh, Slingshot Gypsy to the first turn. Another mention I just wanted to quickly, talk, or a dog I wanted to mention is Bago Bye Bye. Only his second start on Thursday night. That's a, a big ask coming from yeah. Ipswich, Ipswich area as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Darren Russell set him down. I'm not sure uh, uh, he was all that confident going in, but uh, first look at the track, it was a very impressive run. I think uh, uh, that's one that, you know, you look over a three-week series, you want to see those dogs that have a little bit of improvement in weeks two and three, and I think he certainly fits that bill. Semi-final three, uh, a special Shiraz is jumping from box five. It led all the way railed well. Looks like it does like the rails, a 29.61. That was an upset, one at $27.20. Yeah, well, there's a couple of really nice types in that race. Uh, she's gifted, was very good behind Beast Unleashed last week, and Hunker Puffer was undefeated coming in. But put better to the winner, it was, uh, it was too good. Paid $27, well done if you found it, but uh, a very, very impressive winner. And Dinah Patty comes up with box eight in semi-final three as well, a 29.44, handled box seven very well at only her third start. Yeah, the first start run at Sandown in 29.65 and uh, didn't really fire a shot in the maiden final the following week. But uh, I know there's always have a huge rap on it and Dinah Roscoe, uh, both out of the same litter. Uh, went around at $10, which is um, well, it was big overs after the fact. that uh, a very, very smart dog has come up with box eight again. I don't think the wide box will worry it too much. And uh, as I said, a very, very high opinion from the kennel of this dog. And semi-final four, come on, Emmeline, Navajo Bear. He was a terrific run as well. A few probably hard luck stories here. Chief side quick kick, a good run from him. But come on, Emmeline, seems to be getting stronger. One at uh, 10 to 1 as well, a 29.59. But uh, 5.12 might need to find something a little bit early. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I'm really happy for Joe Borg to uh, to find a winner in this series. He's supported it from the the whole concept from day dot, and hasn't had a lot of luck. He was a very happy man after uh, picking up that win there. Um, but as you said, we'll have to find a little bit there. Navajo Bear was a fantastic run. Um, Dave Crawford had two in the series. Um, Jackie Shoshon was a little bit disappointing in his heat, but uh, for Navajo Bear to come out and win the way he did the following heat uh, certainly put a smile on David's face. So. Very, very smart chance there. Did you find him $21.70 again? <laughs> I, I did not, no. <laughs> I found a, a couple of winners on the card, but uh, no, I didn't have it, unfortunately. So the overall series, Mick, uh, who, do you, who do you like to take out the, the series final? Um, I'm a huge rap for Beast Unleashed. I think he's uh, he's a dog that will go on and win many, many good races. Uh, uh, looking at the box draw, um, looks like Hot Gypsy certainly comes into it from that same semi-final. I think there's a bit of improvement from a few of the interstaters as well. Waterloo Manelli is one of those. Has come up with a red in uh, the third semi-final. Uh, St David, of course, is in with a real show. But uh, one to keep an eye on throughout, I think, is Beast Unleashed. He's a, uh, I can't speak highly enough of the Greyhound. And as I said, I think he's going to go on, not just in this series, 
series, but in future series as well. I don't think you'll find any arguments from anyone over that, Michael. Uh, thank you for joining us. Congratulations on a, the start of a good series again, and then it's not long until we've got the Sandown Cup and the Speed Series and all that. It just keeps continuing. Uh, it certainly does. The kids' night on the final ride, of course, the 29th of March. It is one of our biggest nights of the year. And uh, as you said, straight into the Speed Star straight after that. And a lot of these dogs will be heading that way as well. So a uh, nice little form reference for you going in there. It certainly is. Thanks, Michael. Pleasure. Thank you very much. All Greyhounds, every Saturday across Victoria. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. Always good to chat to Mick Floyd out at Sandown as they continue that rich launching pad next Thursday night. Dogs to follow, Simone, we've had a bit of success here. We have. Well, last week's dog to follow, Beast Unleashed. He won his heat of the launching pad. It was a brilliant run, uh, the way he got across that field and just showed enormous early pace. So this week's dog to follow is St David after another outstanding run. First up in a launching pad heat in 29.39. It was his first run since the 29th of of December. And it was his first 500 metre run too. So I think he's one to follow throughout the series and very, very strong. And he's come up the, with the red again in his semi-final. Oh, gee. 20, well, 29.39, that's free-for-all class, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, that will win you a group race. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, we've got some smart young pups uh, there. Uh, we will see next Thursday, as, of course, uh, Mickey just told us about. What about a best bet, Simone? Our star of Magic tomorrow at Sandown, race nine, number one. He's had two starts. Both of those have been from box eight, but his debut at the Meadows, he ran 30 and 16. A moderate beginner, but uh, his first red and he looks well boxed. All right, that is race nine, number one at Sandown tomorrow afternoon. Star of Magic, what's coming up this week in the world of chasing? Well, like we've mentioned, Easter egg heats tonight, launching pad semis next Thursday and the Greyhound Community Adoption Day today. Good show, Simone. We'll talk uh, next Saturday morning. We will. Thank in the, you. In the meantime, <laughs> you keep those tails wagging. Short break coming up here on RSN 927. The other, other side, we'll go talking trots and have a good look at tonight's Group 2 Kilmore Cup. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.